Good morning. Seven minutes after ten o'clock. Right now, Nathan Wade is on the uh, he's, at, he's on the witness stand uh, talking about his affair with uh, the uh, district attorney in Georgia, Fannie Willis, and his credibility is being exposed. Um, we'll we'll see how this fans out, but uh, the the ultimate goal uh, is to prove that uh, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade were having an affair, that they uh, lied and lied under oath, and that uh, they should be dismissed. We'll keep up with it. Uh, look for testimony going right through till tomorrow. Uh, it's it's going to be a couple of days. Uh, coming up at, e- at 10.35, uh, we'll find out <clears throat> just where we stand on this initiative, initiative petition. Uh, Ron Calzone has uh, been following this. And we'll find out where it stands in the legislature because they've been, seems to me, moving it uh, forward. But we'll get all the details. Right now, though, uh, Aaron Hedlund is with us, and he is the chief economist at the Show Me Institute. Uh, We talked about this uh, recent inflation data, and, you know, it really uh, caused the stock market to, uh, to do a bit of a tumble and uh, let's find out what it means from Aaron. Uh, Aaron, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Great to join you as always. So, you know, the 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 goal was not reached. Uh, 2% is not there. They're apparently going to leave interest rates alone. Do you think that's going to eventually work out, or do you think they're going to eventually have to raise uh, interest rates? So I'm not betting on any rate hikes coming up, but actually I think the most important thing for inflation right now is what the Fed says they're going to do. Because we call that forward guidance in monetary policy. So when the Fed announces that they're going to do rate cuts, that itself can have a stimulative effect, which is really not what we want right now. So I think the Fed's message should be very clear, and they should say we're holding pat until inflation really gets down to 2%, and we're 100% confident it's going to get there and stay there. Uh, And I think they've kind of waffled a little bit on how strong they've been on that because certainly markets are expecting more and more rate cuts, which is not, not ideal at this point. If the, uh, if the next inflation report, uh, report in indicates another increase, would that cause them to, uh, do you think raise the rates? And conversely, if they start lowering the rates, doesn't that mean the economy is slowing up? Well, so I would say on, on the first point, if the Fed raises rates, that's going to really jolt the markets. So I think if for them to, for the Fed to do that, things would have to look pretty bad. So I, I'm not expecting the Fed to do that. Certainly for several months. I mean, if inflation really starts going up at a at a big clip, then then we'll see what happens. But that'll definitely cause a jolt. Um, but then beyond that, the question is, you know, is inflation going to kind of hover around three and a half percent? You know, it depends if you look at which measure. Or is it actually going to be progressing downward? And that's why I think the Fed has to be very clear that you don't get to 500 feet off the ground and say, okay, we've, we've landed the plane. No, you have to actually get down there. If we continue to increase the national debt, <clears throat> which is what terrifies me, and increasing numbers of dollars that uh, the Treasury collect go to servicing the debt, does that, is that not inflationary? If, if we continue to increase the debt, that means we're spending more than we're making. They've got to be creating that money out of whole cloth. Isn't that inflationary? 
So the inflationary effect kind of depends on how things are financed and there's kind of a lot of moving parts to that. But we could end up in a debt spiral. Like that's the thing we really want to avoid where the debt is growing faster than the economy. And so that's why the multi-trillion dollar deficits are completely out of line with what's sustainable right now. They should be much, much smaller. And it's also the importance of economic growth, right? Because if the economy is basically slowing down, then that also makes it harder. Because the, the key metric is debt relative to GDP. As long as the economy is growing faster than the debt, it's not too big of a deal. But that has not been the case of late. If you look at the the 2.5% GDP growth over 2023, we actually piled on more debt during that year than we actually did additional economic activity. The, the prediction is for the next fiscal year uh, that we will um, exceed debt will exceed uh, GDP. What does that What does that mean for us? So I mean, we're basically at World War II levels of debt right now, which is completely unfathomable considering that we're not actually fighting a world war. And so if the economy really were to go into a big recession or we really did have to fight some big war or anything major like that happened, we're just in a much worse position to be able to actually finance it. I think the key thing with, with credit markets is they're looking at, is the U.S. good for it? Like when we say we're going to pay the bills, are we going to do it? And the more and more debt we pile up, it starts to crowd out other things. And at some point, if, if, if the American public says, you know what, I, I don't want to give up these various things that the government's providing just to pay interest, that's when the markets get kind of shaken. I don't, I don't think we're right on the cusp of that, but you saw that kind of thing happen in Greece. And as soon as markets start to become convinced, things really, really deteriorate quickly. So we need to head that off way ahead of time. So, so uh, increasing uh, numbers of dollars are going to service the debt, um, and servicing the debt is the number one priority, right? Um, before the military or anything else, can they uh, can they cut Social Security benefits in order to service the debt? No, Social Security kind of runs by its own set of rules, and what will happen there is in about a decade, the trust fund will be gone. And when the trust fund is gone, then Social Security, if, if, if no action is taken, there will be automatic across the board 24% cuts to right. everybody. So, so the idea that it's, you know, sort of leave it alone, it'll just kind of keep going is just not mathematically the case. So something will have to be done to avoid that scenario. But can't, but that means that they can, and they have in the past, altered social security they, they they can say look we have to service the debt um so we're going to reduce the amount of money you get from social security can't they do that i, mean, I don't see that happening i i don't see them making some, cuts just to service existing debt but i mean it's all it's all one big pot in some sense right with the idea that the, the government is spending way more than it's taken in and how that political thing shakes out, you know, what gets cut, what gets adjusted, that's the big question, but we need to start doing that, those sorts of thinking now, so that we're not doing it in the middle of a true emergency. Yeah, good luck with that. What needs to be done, Aaron? Professor Aaron Hedlund is with us uh, from the Show Me Institute. We're talking about the latest inflation report. The, the debt is at $34 trillion. We set a record every minute uh, of every day, uh, and, and it's going to continue to eat up uh, tons of money. What do we have to do to fix that? How do we fix that? Is there a way out of this, or are we beyond the point of no return? 
No, I don't think we're there yet. I think it's very serious, but I think we can turn the ship around. We really have to tackle it from both directions. One is the basically expansion of government that happened during COVID cannot be allowed to be made permanent. I mean, discretionary spending alone jumped by over a fifth and after accounting for inflation, and we need to go back. Like, we need to reverse that to go back to at least 2019 levels, not be great to be even more aggressive. The other thing, though, in addition to kind of controlling spending, is we need to be growing fast. Like, right? it's all about debt to GDP. So, if we can have the you know, GDP growing at three plus percent, that's a big difference from two percent. And you can look at tax reform, unleashing the energy spigots, all those sorts of things. That would that'd be a huge help. Deregulation. The the problem, as I see it, is that because I've heard this from Republicans for decades, uh, we cut taxes, the economy expands. Uh, that increases revenue to the federal government, and uh, that's how we get rid of the deficit, and of course that would affect the debt eventually. But I've never seen it happen. I've seen the revenues increase, but then I've seen the spending increase. Yeah, so for, and first of all, I would say when, it, when, you cut, when you talk about tax, I'm not talking just tax cuts. I'm talking about restructuring the entire code so that it's less penalizing of economic activity. Um, there's more and less damaging ways to raise a dollar. But you're absolutely right. I mean, spending has to be part of it. Like, you can't ignore that. Like when spending goes up at the pace it has, it's totally unsustainable. So it's time to face reality and deal with it. <laughs> I'm chuckling because they never will. Uh, I, I, I just don't see them ever coming out and saying, look, we, we can't afford uh, any more of the green program. We can't afford more... Uh, military interventions in other countries. We we really have to pull back. Uh, it's it's never politically uh, tenable for for uh, Democrats and Republicans. Um, I don't see them ever doing it. But I'll keep my fingers crossed and uh, and hope that uh, things uh, turn around. Last uh, question, and uh, this is a you know crystal ball kind of thing. And you can even say, look, there's no way I can know that. But do you think, can you see any reason for inflation to grow at a slower rate uh, in the next quarter than we've seen uh, with this report? My main concern is that inflation is going to kind of stabilize at this three plus percent level, which would not be acceptable. And I think the Fed also would say that's unacceptable. I don't think they think that's going to happen, and it may not happen. So I think if over the next few months, if inflation is kind of hovering where it is, the Fed's going to probably tweak its messaging a little bit and talk about, well, maybe rate cuts at some point in the future. They're going to try to change people's expectations to push it off uh, so that the markets can start can stop anticipating imminent cuts. So, so predicting that they will cut sometime in the future will be good? Well, so they're already saying that they're going to cut. The question is when and by how much. Right. And the more stubborn that inflation is, the more the Fed's going to have to change their tune and say, well, actually, maybe we won't cut yet. It's going to be a while. You know, who knows? We're going to push it off. I think them pushing it off is a sign that inflation's being a little too stubborn. So uh, so they won't, it, it, unless there's some, you know, huge uh, jump, they aren't going to increase. But do you see any reason for it not to continue to increase? Is there anything that you see in the, in the in your crystal ball that says uh, this was an anomaly? Next next time it, uh, the report's going to come in probably better. 
I'm not expecting inflation to go up. My, I, my, my more worst-case scenario is that it just kind of stays flat instead of going down. Because when I'm looking at the consumer, I think that consumer spending is going to start to weaken because they're overstretched. They run out of pandemic savings. They have record, record credit card debt. Their delinquencies are up. And we saw the retail sales drop even today. So as consumers pull back, that should cause inflation to potentially go down as well. But then we start into a, a perhaps a recession. Oh, you're absolutely right. This this is this is the damaging trade off that could have been completely avoided had there not been bad policy over the past few years. And this is this is the world we are now in, where we've got on the one hand we got to deal with inflation, but on the other hand, don't want the economy to soften too much. And I think the Fed's going to err on making sure inflation gets back down because we've seen what happens if if they don't do that, but. It's going to be an interesting next several months to see how things progress. And we're going to have you back to, to explain it. Professor Aaron Hedlund with the Show Me Institute. Thank you, sir, for being with us. Thanks for having me on. All right. Uh, up against the clock, quick break. Don't forget, we've got uh, the, the initiative petition process. We'll kick that around with Ron Calzone, Mo first. And then what is Boone County going to do to put to landlords? We'll figure that out at 10.05 when Mike Murphy is on from Como Buzz. Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. 24 minutes after 10 o'clock, and uh, coming up, we will uh, we'll have a chat about the, the initiative petition with Ron Calzone, where it's going in the legislature. But first, uh, there is a, a, a pretty awful event that happened in Kansas City yesterday, and I know you've all uh, seen it on the news. Um, just... An ugly event. Somebody, uh, apparently, they've got three people under arrest. I don't know if that's uh, changed or not, but as far as I know, three people under arrest. Something like 22 people shot. At least one person is dead. And this all happened at the uh, celebration for the uh, Super Bowl champions uh, when they came back to Kansas City. I can't imagine what it must have been like for those people who were there. Uh, when this uh, violence broke out. But I have uh, a couple of questions. And, and I don't know if it's if it's just me. Um, you know what, Brian? Instead of announcing what my questions are, I want to know what listeners' questions are. I want to see if I'm the only one that's, that's wondering uh, one or two particular questions. Uh, 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 you know, for one or two particular answers. Right. The um, information that has been released thus far is lacking something. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. So when you think about, you know, everything you've seen about this uh, the shooting in Kansas City, and I've only got a couple of minutes, so if you're near a phone and you want to call, pick up the phone right now, 800-529-5572, or send a message through GaryNolan.com. What's the one question you have that they haven't answered? I want to know if it's just me, and I'll know uh, by, uh, you know, by the response I get from you. There's one question that I have, and, and maybe, maybe I'm out of line with this, but I, I've got a question that they're not answering. In fact. I watched the uh, the interrogatories yesterday, and there were, they weren't even asking, much less answering. 
So is there a question you have that they haven't answered? A, a question that they haven't even asked about the shooting in Kansas City yesterday. And I'll find out if I'm like the Lone Ranger here. Maybe I am. Uh, I'll kick this off with Earl. He's first in line. Earl, is there one question you have that they haven't answered? Yeah, the thing I want to know is why would somebody bring an AK-47 to a parade with the random chance they were going to run into another gang member? I don't think that happened. I think there's a lot more to this that's not fitting the pieces together, whether this was a terrorist act that nobody's talking about from illegal immigrants to somebody mentally ill with an AK-47, because there's, that doesn't ring true. There are three people involved in that shooting, so it are wasn't all, just one person. Are they all part of it, of this um, maybe terrorist act? Because it's, it's disappeared from a lot of your mainstream networks all of a sudden. It's not full coverage. That, that worries me. So what is the one question? Sum it up. One question. What is it that they are not asking or answering that you want to know? If it's a gang-type thing, they would have already come out and said that. So I think the question needs to be, is this a terrorist attack by possible illegal immigrants? All right. Okay, Earl, thank you very much. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Actually, my question would, would, um, would answer that, too. A uh, message from Brian uh, on uh, at GaryNolan.com. Uh, what is the one question? Race. Age of the shooters and motive. But race is the first question. Sharon, what's your question that uh, you, they haven't answered? Exactly who the suspects are. I mean, it, we, I don't know if they're male, female, what race, what... Race? I just don't know. You want to know what race they are? Well... <laughs> No, not the, just who are they? I mean, well, yeah, I want to know who they are too. From other, is it an immigrant from another country? Is it an American? I'm just curious. All right, all right, Sharon, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Gary, what's the one question they haven't asked or answered that you want to know? I Gary? want to know if they're illegal immigrants. Illegal immigrants. That's interesting. Wanna, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, all right, uh, Gary, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Mike is on the line. Mike, what's the one question they haven't asked and they haven't answered that you want to know an answer to? Description. Of? Who? You know, just what describes them so that you know who you're looking for. Well, they, they've got them uh, 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 arrested. There are three of them that are under arrest. They're in jail. Well, what is it you want to know going. about them? I didn't see them. Well... So, Race. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. That's the number of country. All right. All right, Mike, thank you. I got to move fast. Uh, let me get Luke in Sedalia. Luke, good morning. What's the one question they haven't asked or answered that you want answered? Race, nationality, legal, illegal. All right. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate it. All right, I'm up against the clock, and, and uh, we're going to have a, a conversation with Ron Calzone about initiative petition uh, in about uh, oh, five minutes or so. The one question that hasn't been asked or answered is race. And I have to wonder why. Because I think it is an issue. It does tell you if they're Americans or foreigners, uh, among other things. I wonder why they're not clearing that up. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is 10.35 and uh, coming up at 11.05, what exactly are Boone County Commissioners trying to do? If you have, if you have rental property outside of the city of Columbia, but in Boone County, uh, apparently there are going to be some more n- new hoops for you to jump through. We'll find out what that's all about because uh, Mike Murphy has the story. And, uh, I mean, even if you're in Ashland, <laughs> this, is, this, will, this will apply to you. Uh, also, uh, Dave Rowland is going to be with us, and, and he's going to be on board at about 20 after 11. Planned Parenthood funding will continue at least another year. But he queries, why did the Missouri Supreme Court reach this result? without reaching the merits of the case. We'll find out all of that with Dave Rowland. Right now, Ron Calzone is with us. Uh, the initiative petition, uh, this this got pushed uh, by the uh, Liberty Caucus, or Freedom Caucus, I can't remember what they call themselves. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was hot in the news. Um, I thought there was some progress being made. Where does it stand? Ron Calzone is here to tell us. Ron, good morning. Good morning, Gary. Well, to be clear, what we're talking about is what is generically called IP reform or initiative petition reform. But as we've talked about before, reforming the, you know, so-called reforming the initiative petition process is not really what's on the table right now. There's two elements to proposing and amending the Constitution. It starts, if the citizens are doing it, it starts with a petition, but then it ends with the people voting on it, and that's, that process is called ratification or approval of the proposed amendment. So the good news is, from I think your perspective and my perspective, is the General Assembly is not messing with the petition process, which is already abundantly difficult. It's plenty difficult to ask for, a, for real, regular citizens to put a question before their, their fellow citizens on the ballot. So they're not doing that. They're not going to try to make it harder to collect signatures. They're not going to, uh, you know, place greater impediments to to you, for instance, uh, going after property tax or, you know, me years ago going after private use eminent domain. So that's good news. But what they are trying to do is, is I think, appropriately raise the bar for the second half of that equation. That is when when voters say yes or no to a proposed amendment. And as you know, right now, it just takes a simple majority vote, so 50% plus one. And that can mean during a low turnout election, it could be way, way less than half of the citizens or even half of the voters. You know, So typically during an August election, you have a 50% or less voter turnout, and it would only take half of those, which would be only a fourth of the registered voters, to actually say, yes, we want to make this fundamental change to the fundamental law of Missouri, the law that, you know, the Constitution, which protects our lives and liberties. So, uh, again, what's on the table right now when we talk about IP reform is really better termed ratification reform, but a reform of the way we ratify uh, amendments. And also good news, I think, from your perspective and my perspective, is what's on the table right now is not just simply raising the percentage that's required, uh, percentage of the vote that's required to amend the Constitution, but to use something called concurrent majority ratification. So that's really the only thing that's being considered right now in the Senate at all. And I all right. think 
Uh, Ron, 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 I got to stop you here for a minute. Uh, I'll put you on hold. You can listen. We have a live feed on that shooting in Kansas City, and uh, we're going to go to that right now. Eight critical, seven serious, and six patients with minor injuries. All the critical patients were transported off the scene uh, within 10 minutes of our point of contact with them. We transported to Children's Mercy, University of Health, and St. Luke's in the plaza. KCFD had a plan in place, and we were ready to respond to an incident like this. At the time of the shooting, we had approximately eight personnel from KCFD and KC Medical who were assisting us in the immediate area. Some of those members were within 40 feet of where the shooting took place. These members did not run for cover, but stayed on scene to treat and triage the injured while additional KCFD units ran to their assistance. I am very grateful uh, and proud of the service of these crews that worked this terrible incident. They gave their all yesterday, like they do every day in this city. And again, put their, the public's lives above their own, and we are grateful for that. I also want to say thanks to all the mutual aid uh, partners that we work with on this incident. Um, very grateful for their assistance. Thank you. Thank you. Questions? Chief, I wanted to ask you uh, about a comment you made yesterday. Because uh, you said this is not Kansas City. And you just mentioned that this was an argument, apparently, that escalated. We had a similar situation that just happened right around the corner at Crown Center, less than a month ago. Last year, we set a record for homicides in this community with 182. So isn't gun violence, in fact, very much a part of what we face here in Kansas City's routine? We do face gun violence here in Kansas City. But my note of this is not Kansas City is in we had likely one million people down in and around this, this celebration. To, to have the the ability to have that many people in in our downtown area with a I'm not I don't want to minimize this event but you have that's Kansas City that that is a million people that are um, able to come together for a celebration again you have just a handful or I, I'm not I don't have a specific number of, of actors in this that that perpetrated the violence that, that played out. Do you have arrests? Because I, my understanding, you can only hold these folks for so long. Correct. You charge them. Have you charged them yet? Uh, we have not charged them yet. This is still in, under investigation. We do have 24 hours until we, we have to either file charges or release them. And again, again, we are working closely with the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office to present the most successful case for prosecution. Is there, is there issues with... with um, we're, not, uh, we're not getting very much information about the shooters. Uh, and that's what I have. I've got a lot of questions about the shooters. Who are they? Where are they from? Are they uh, domestic, you know, uh, locally homegrown? Or are they uh, from outside the country? Uh, are this, uh, is this a gang war? Um, we're getting none of that. So let me go back with uh, Ron Calzone. Ron, I apologize for interrupting you, but it was the live feed from Kansas City. And I kind of wanted to find out uh, what was going on. Not a problem, Gary, but you know what What you were getting uh, immediately, as we have already seen in the media, is is what is, I think, at least a precursor for more calls for gun control. You know, before the facts are even out, before anybody has any idea. Pardon? You heard that. You heard them talking about guns. Yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. You know, so, I mean, before the facts are out at all, you know, automatically it's, um, it's, all, it's about guns and gun violence and... 
Speaking of uh, speaking of that, and now I'm really throwing you a curve. Uh, do we have any updates on SEPA? Well, the Second Amendment Preservation Act actually was supposed to have uh, oral arguments in the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals in St. Louis tomorrow. And that's now been postponed because of a conflict with a, a scheduling conflict with the judge. And I don't believe that it's been uh, rescheduled yet. So it, it should be, you know, the oral argument should be imminent. But uh, but there's, they've, uh, we don't know quite when they're going to be yet. You know, hopefully it'll be next month. All right. Uh, did, did, uh, do you need to kind of uh, refresh where you were at when I interrupted you? Well, you know, it's just trying to make the point that that the good news is is that what's on the table now is ratification reform, and that the General Assembly recognizes that it's really not wise to let a simple majority vote of whoever happens to turn out at the polls uh, amend the fundamental document of the state of Missouri, the Constitution. And so what's on the table is this thing called concurrent majority ratification. And there's two versions of that that are being considered. One of them would require two, well, both of them would require two metrics. You'd have to have a statewide popular vote and affirmative, affirmative popular vote, as we do now. But you'd also have to have a majority vote of citizens in more than half of the districts in the state. And those districts could either be congressional districts or they could be state house districts. And what has seemed to percolate to the top is making congressional districts that second metric. I think you might have an opinion about that. Well, I like the idea of uh, taking into account what you might call for the state of uh, Missouri the flyover areas uh, that I think get ignored right now the way the Constitution allows itself to be uh, um, altered. Right, and the whole idea behind concurrent majority ratification is to make sure that you don't just have a majority of people wherever they happen to live, but you also have to have a bigger geographic representation of the state. So not everybody in the state has exactly the same set of concerns or, or values, and it just makes sense that, like we have on the federal level uh, with the Electoral College and like we have with uh, amending the, the U.S. Constitution, you have to get a broad geographic consensus as well as a numeric consensus. And so it's really just bringing the, the ratification process in line with what's done with the U.S. Constitution now. So I, all of that, I think, is good news. I think it is, too. I have to run Ron Calzone's uh, website. It's mofirst.org. Ron, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Gary. All right. Coming up, uh, we'll bring in the news god of Zimmer Radio. Yeah, that's right, Brian Houseworth, uh, with the updates on uh, what's going on or what they've uncovered in Kansas City. That's next on The Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 10.51 on a Think Tank Thursday, and uh, let's find out what's going on in Kansas City, because we got to the update a little bit late. Uh, but we do have the news god of Zimmer Radio. Ah, that's the mic. <clears throat> no, it's not. That's the Brian Houseworth knows uh, music. Uh, Brian, uh, what's going on? What do we uncover in this uh, latest here? Uh, 
the press conference. A lot of good, a lot of important information, uh, uh, Gary. Thank you so much for having me on, and I'll have an update as well coming up in the eleven o'clock news. But I'll give you a couple of the highlights. Chief Graves did brief the press there, along with uh, the mayor of Kansas City, Quinton Lucas. The numbers right now, I'm just going to give you some of the highlights. Uh, 23 people shot, one killed. The name of the person who was killed, he's been identified, is Elizabeth Galvin. We don't have a hometown, G-A-L-V-I-N. That is different than the name that I've seen on some of the television outlets that are quoting a radio station, unless this person has a different name. But Elizabeth Galvin is the name that was released today. Authorities are calling her a beloved, uh, apparently uh, a beloved mother, etc. Others have been shot. The 22 people who were shot... Uh, range Gary in age from eight years old to 47. Half of the victims, according to the chief, are under the age of 16. Three people have been taken into custody. They are detained. That means arrested. They're not charged yet. Charges are being reviewed by the Jackson County prosecutor. Of those three, Gary, two are juveniles. Several guns have been recovered. As you know in your audience, a very intelligent audience knows they can only keep these folks for 24 hours. They're going to have to make a decision probably within the next couple hours. Do you charge them or do you release them? They're going to have to make that because the reporters correctly pointed that out. But as of right now, no charges. Again, three detained, two of them juveniles, several guns have been recovered. Two other quick things. They say this has nothing to do with terrorism. That's her. It's a direct uh, comment from the chief, Stacey Graves. It was some sort of dispute between some groups or two different groups. I'm not sure. But the, and also one particular scene, because we had had reports, maybe a couple of shooting scenes. According to the chief, just one. Sh- shouldn't say just, but it was one shooting scene. It was just west of Union Station. It is under investigation. And, Gary, one more thing to point out. If anyone, we had a lot of listeners that were there. If you saw anything that the police need to know about, here is the number they have just set up here. And Gary, please give this number a couple times. It's not a website. It's an actual phone number. 816-413-3477. That is 816-413-3477. That's for any victims, witnesses, or if you have any video or information. If you saw something you think the police need to know, folks, that is the number to call. Gary, uh, I'll have more. I've got to get ready for my 11 o'clock news, but I will have more on this. And then if I hear anything else, I'll let you know. Uh, one other quick thing. 22 shot, 8 are critical right now, 7 are serious. So the the number, which is, we'll hope the number stays at 1, but we have some people in very, very bad condition right now, Gary. Do we know the race of the perpetrators? Do we know if it was a gang, if it was drugs? Uh, they did ask, reporters did ask about gangs, and she said that's something she can't comment on because it's under investigation. They also asked, do you know these people? And she said she did not. Obviously, they didn't say anything about a- any race. I did see some people that were detained on a video from people, but I, that could be being detained something completely different. So I don't want to speculate on that until we hear something. And, and if they're juveniles, they'll have to decide are they going to be charged as juveniles if they charge them, if they have the right people, or do they charge him as adults? So, Gary, all that's still under investigation. All right. Brian Houseworth, the news god of Zimmer Radio, giving us an update on the shooting in Kansas City. Tragic shooting at that. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you, Gary. All right. Uh, 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. I wish wish people had more common sense. They're they're going to, I'm sure, blame the weapon of choice. They'll go after the firearm. Oh, it's gun violence. 
There is no such thing, ladies and gentlemen, of gun violence. Guns aren't violent. They're inanimate objects. People are violent. And they can be violent with any number of different weapons. From Molotov cocktails to knives, uh, we've seen swords, uh, automobiles. Uh, people can be violent in a million different ways. It isn't the gun. It isn't the prevalence of guns in our community. It is the people. They are the problem. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. For Mike Murphy gets on board, uh, and we uh, chat about, among other things, the sa uh, Sanctuary City Ordinance uh, and also uh, Boone County Commissioners. What are they doing to landlords outside the city of Columbia? We'll get all that information at 11.05. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, well, I don't know why you didn't include Brian in that, but... Yeah. I'm fine. Very good. Um, hey, you kind of hit some of my point there, um, talking about the race. Um, obviously, if they were probably white young men, we'd know that already, but we don't. And unfortunately, I have losing faith in humanity every day, but that's that's my problem. Also, my thought to you and question and concern is, are they going to go after these kids as parents like they did the last shooter and charge them for homicide? Probably like not. Exactly. If If... It turns to be non-white citizens, then you know they're not going to do anything. And it's getting ridiculous every day. I mean, every day. Well, is so. your concern that they're, uh, you know, um, Hispanic or black? Or is it that they're uh, no. people well, from outside the country? Either way, or whether they'll go after them like, they, like they're, um, you know, hanging this mother and father for the last, last shooting, which is terrible in effect, but charging the parents for homicide of something that their child had done that and even the mother said in that testimony she's like i wish i wish she would have taken me out instead you know that type of stuff but are they going to go after the parents of the gun of the of the users of the firearm yeah i you know the, that would be a very difficult argument to make in the case of that kid uh and i still don't think they made their case but in the case of that uh, kid that did the shooting in school uh the argument was the parents had all kinds of signs and signals uh, right. they, they provided the kid with a gun, uh, and they ignored all that, and uh, so yeah. they're responsible. I don't agree with that uh, that line of thinking, but here you may not know if the parents knew uh, right. that these kids had guns. All right, I got to run. Nathan, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. You own a piece of rental property, or maybe you're just a tenant, and you're outside of Columbia proper, but inside Boone County. Is that going to change anything for you? Well, it just might. We'll find out, because Mike Murphy from Como Buzz is with us. That's with one Z. Then Dave Rowland, Planned Parenthood funding goes on for at least another year in, in Missouri. I'm the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show.